Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. I am excited today. When aren't I excited? But we have just a fabulous guest, and her name is Lynn Goladner. Oh, my God. You did I, it. I, I yes. did it. Yay. <laughs> I need praise today, Lynn. Trust me. Yeah. Now, let me tell you what. I'm so excited, and I'm not exactly sure how Lynn found me or I found her, but this is just an outstanding idea. Lynn is the founder of the her making, oh, let me say, make a meaning movement. Make, make meaning, meaning movement. movement, yep. Make meaning movement. Now, yep. as always, for everyone that's listening, Lynn's information will be up on our Facebook page, on our website, because when I read this, what Lynn is talking about, I want to turn over to her, is just having more meaning in your, I think, in your work, and that spills over to your life, doesn't it, Lynn? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. So thank you, and tell us about you a little bit, and then I sure. do have some questions for you, but I think that this is so incredibly important. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, it's really exciting. And so the Make Meaning Movement is fairly new. It sort of um, happened organically out of the work I've been doing for the past 20 plus years. Okay. And um, so in a nutshell, I was a journalist for a long time. And then I pivoted in 2007, 2008, and created a marketing and PR company called Your People. And that was out of necessity. I had um, little kids and I was becoming a single mom. I was 37 at the time and journalism wasn't necessarily in the shape it had been in. And so I said, what can I do to put food on the table and clothe these kids and, and make ends meet at a time when the economy was crashing? And so I took my communication skills and my knowledge of media and I, I pivoted and I created Your People. And it's been a wild ride. We've been really successful, um, 13 years and counting now. And it's really meaningful work. But all the while, I have written articles, I've written books, I have eight books published. And a lot of what I focused on in my writing was how people find meaning in the everyday. I and it was just, it. it was such a fun thing to focus on. Just now say that again, Lynn, excuse me for it. Say that again. That how people find meaning in the mundane is what I, I used know. to say. Yes. And so I just was fascinated by stories and curious about how people made their choices, why they did what they did, where they found purpose. And so that's been an underlying theme in my work for a lot of years. And then as I came into marketing, um, that has always been part of it too. So we look at marketing as having a formula. So it's higher purpose, informs your story, and then you have your story to connect you to people. So those relationships. And so those three components are what you need to market yourself and get you out there. So I was already continuing the whole purpose conversation. And um, as all this went on, I decided to get in on the podcasting game, um, mostly inspired by uh, my father, actually, who was an entrepreneur. We were very close. And I called it the Make Meaning Podcast. It's been uh, going for two years now. And um, the impetus for really starting it was that my dad was diagnosed with an acute form of leukemia that was incurable. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to capture his story and his legacy um, and how he found meaning. He was an ordinary guy who lived an extraordinary life. He was an entrepreneur, um, pretty low key and just really touched anybody he encountered. And so that. I wanted to get to the root of that. And he was my first interview on uh, July 9th, 2018, his 80th birthday, which he, he lived until. Um, he actually made it to his 81st and he was my one year anniversary interview. We went back oh, there. Sweet. Um, 
and unfortunately he passed away um, in January of this year. And so we had more time than we had thought, but he really inspired me to start the podcast. And I had so much fun getting back to interviewing people, hearing their stories and finding inspiration in how they find meaning and purpose. And so I thought, you know what, there's something here. This is calling to me. This is speaking to my soul. And so I decided to at least move the podcast out of the marketing business give it a life of its own. And then I said, well, let me just see where this takes me. And out of that was born the Make Meaning Movement. I love it. And yeah, so what we do is we still do the podcast. We have new episodes every Monday um, and it's anywhere you can listen to a podcast, interviewing really fabulous people. Um, but what we're offering now are courses and workshops and um, 21 day seminars to, to change a habit or quickly find your story, um, just ways of connecting with people to delve a little bit deeper into who they are and why they do what they do and try to help people discover that meaning that lies within all of us. And we know when we're, when we're young, but we might've forgotten that as we got older and had different obligations and responsibilities. So we get back there. And then from that place of meaning, we can choose work. And so I look at it as a pers personal pursuit. What is your inner meaning? And then how do you use that information to choose the next step, your next journey, your start a company, get a new job, whatever it is, from that place of meaning? So that's what we're doing in the Make Meaning Movement. Honey, it's fantastic. I, I love it. I looked at your website. I looked at the courses you guys were offering. You know, here's the thing. And this is, and I said this, and people, our audience, people that are listening, Lynn, many of the women, and we do let men in, but <laughs> many of the women that listen to us have had successful careers already. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. They've raised their children. Their children have successful careers now. Yeah. And, but I'll tell you this, for me, and this is, I'm speaking person, personally, I made a career change when I was 33 years old to go to chef school. Okay. Now, it was a totally a passion, passion movement. Everyone in my family was against it. Everyone I knew was against it because <laughs> I had a very successful real estate broker in Marin mm -hmm. County. And uh, as my mother used to say, I guess you're tired of making so much money driving that expensive car and your clothes are clean. Okay. <laughs> So she was horrified when I wanted to go. She kept saying, you won't really work in the kitchen, will you? I said, mother, of course. <laughs> now, the reason I tell you this long story is this. So I got out and much like, you know, of course, uh, no, I wasn't making any money. No, they weren't even hiring women in the kitchen in those days. I mean, it was a tough, it was a tough road. Yeah. But I couldn't wait because I wanted to create my own career. Mm -hmm. And then the, as I did that, and then with some success and, you know, different turns and help from many people and just all sorts of things, I realized that what I was really doing for myself was what I could teach other women to do, that I could, mm -hmm. I could help other women in food make money. Sure, sure. It, and make money in the in the form that you have to get paid because otherwise people don't have any respect for you but <laughs> that you can do it with all the the best purpose in your heart do you know what i mean absolutely yeah they, they go hand in hand and the successful i think successfully and this is just me but i think when you're successful in your personal life you're successful in your business life and vice versa i think they help feed each other 
Do you know what I mean? So you're absolutely right. You know, it, it's so interesting because um, I was listening to an interview with Simon Sinek, who talks about, you know, finding your why and start with why all that kind of stuff. Um, and he was talking about company visions or personal visions, and it should be um, idealistic. Like it may not be achievable in your five-year goal. And that's why it's so important because you have to dream big, you have to shoot really high and you have to actually believe a little bit that you can get there. Even if realistically, maybe you can't, it's that dream, that passion that has to drive what you're doing, you know? So Denise, I'll tell you something interesting. You know, I feel like in America, we're sort of bookended. So like when we're in our teens and twenties, we think anything is possible. We, we dream really big. We're sort of blind to the realities. And there's like very low cost of entry because, yes. you know, we have nobody else to support. We're living with a bunch of roommates, whatever it is. And then you sort of get to the point after your kids have launched and you, you, your 401k is where it is. You know, it's not, it's not going to do much more. And, um, and then you have the luxury of saying, well, what do I want to spend my time doing? But in between, we sort of get caught in this web of, shoulds as opposed to wants. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's the obligations. It's the, um, the, I have bills to pay. I want a bigger house. I want a nicer car. I, I, I want to climb the ladder because this is what I think I should do. You know, I'll, I'll be totally candid. My dad and I were super close and, um, I, I wanted to go to grad school for creative writing. So I wanted to do an, an MFA in creative writing, focusing on poetry. And he was like, I'll pay for law school, you know? I and you know what? I so understand that. And God bless him because he thought, what? She's going to be a creative writer? You know? Right. Like, oh my God, she's going to be living in my basement for like 20 years, you know? And so God love him. He ended up paying for the MFA. But, and I stuck to my guns because I'm like, I want to do a master of fine arts in poetry. And that's damn it what I'm going to do. And, and that's the passion of those 20s. But there's something that gets lost in the 30s and 40s. Um, if you're lucky, you can recover it and you can pivot, but not everybody is. And so sometimes it's not until the fifties and sixties that you come back to yourself. It's that person that you were when you were little and you just did something because you were drawn to it and you were good at it and you loved it. You know, for me, that was writing in a little corduroy covered journal in the 1970s. Like I carried that everywhere with me and I keep it on a shelf behind my desk. So I remember who I am at the core and that's the person that's going to do the best and go the furthest if I can keep her close, you know? I think I, I just, yeah. it's so perfect, Lynn, and the way you just said that. I'm now, I could be your grandmother, Lynn, but we're not going to, we don't have to put a number <laughs> on that, do we, dear? But let me tell you, in all honesty, I decided last, a year and a half ago, when my husband and I moved, It, it we, I am in, I, I am, I'm not, I don't like to use the word retirement because I'm busier than I ever have been. But like you said, I'm trying to take all the stuff I have and pivot and put it somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Take yeah. the skills and the wisdom and the knowledge and pivot somewhere else. And that's why when I read about you, um, we should, these are tools, and I know you work with many people and do consulting this. We need to think of this tool before we get here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about this before we started the conversation, like, oh my gosh, can I teach college courses in this? So that when you're like yes. 18, you start talking about meaning and purpose and you make a choice, not based on how much money you're going to make or what's going to give you the, the, the most cushy life, but like, where, where is your heart? 
That's and because then you're going to make a difference in the world. You're going to do work that matters and you're going to inspire others. And that means you're going to shoot to leadership, but it has to come from that place of meaning and purpose. It does. And unfortunately that we're just now, you know, one of the things with this whole pandemic happening there, we have, we're all having to change whether we want to or not. I mean, we can go kicking yeah. and screaming and I'm not making light of how, frightening if you've lost your job if your husband's also, or your spouse or your partner i'm not making light of some of the financial ruin that this is going to ensue okay of we course yeah. then the other side of the coin is mountain building happens after earthquakes do you know what i mean absolutely yeah there are that. moments that i think to myself and i have some friends and some friends children and people that are finding new ways to create income and what you said, Lynn, bring it back to that. Like me, now all of a sudden when I thought, I'm not going to run my business every day anymore. I've had a business for 40 years, happily loved it, blah, blah, blah. I'm done. I just, mm -hmm. um, with that part of it. But I can pivot and do other things. But the other thing I thought of is, what do I love? What reminds me of being 13 years old? Mm-hmm riding a bike. So I bought mm -hmm. myself a bicycle for the first time. And I mean, I just, it's like you carrying the little notebook. I start, I say to Cindy, who is the engineer and producer, as you already spoke to her. I said to Cindy all the time, I did this, or I bought this, or I bought a big pink sweatshirt. And I realized <laughs> I'm, I'm, I even bought the sounds that people can call me crazy, but that's not the worst thing people ever said about me. So I don't really care. <laughs> I bought heaven sent perfume and some jungle gardenia that were like the two scents that I loved when I was a teenager. Oh. And when I'm writing sometimes in the afternoon and I smell them on my wrist, it mm -hmm. puts me in this, it puts me there. Yeah. And it also makes me extremely happy because that was a very happy time in my life. Do you know what I mean? So I do. I, I think that when you said, if you can, we are bookend and we have to keep that it's so difficult to do sometimes, but if you can keep what you really makes you happy in front of you and your passion, you're gonna, yeah. when you get there, you won't have so much work to do. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And no backtracking, no backtracking. That's right. You know? Yeah. Do you have, what do you think? I know you do this as an, in consulting. So mm -hmm. if someone, What's your idea for someone who's in their 60s, they're healthy, mm -hmm. they've done, they've worked, they've owned their business. What, what's a tip that you might give them, Lynn? Like I always say to people, try volunteering at first because that could lead to something else. Who knows? Absolutely. What yeah. would you suggest to someone, people that are looking for purpose mm -hmm. later in life? <laughs> I think it's a great question. And so there's a couple things. First of all, um, I think. I believe that everybody was put on this planet to make a difference. Like we each have our own unique purpose and we spend our lives trying to figure out what that is and how we can uniquely make a difference and impact others. And so I do think it's a conversation with yourself about who you were, you know, 50 years ago when you just did something because it felt good and, you know, it was fun and you were good at it. So getting back to there, that conversation is really important. And then taking that information and saying, well, who do I want to help right now? You know, so for example, I am really passionate about kids. I have four of my own, but um, even before that, I have always felt like, you know, children aren't 
they're not they don't ask to be born but they're brought into this world and they need attention and love and care and concern so one area that i might want to help out when i don't have to work so hard is um i think i want to see where i can help children and so there's so many options so is it you know volunteering as a mentor is it um you know, tutoring? Is it um, fostering kids? I don't know, my husband's probably rolling his eyes somewhere right now as I say that, but because, um, you know, once the kids are gone, they're gone, they're gone. like no more in the house. But, um, but I just think that, you know, identify who you want to help and then how can you help them? And that's so, you know. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, that's good. But also, what do you want to do? You know, like I love to bake bread. And so one of the things that I really want to do one day is I want to work in a bakery. I don't want to sell the bread. I want to be back there pounding the dough. I want to, you know, put my hair in a net and talk to the people in the back early in the morning and just make something that is beautiful and fragrant and feeds others and then go about my day. There so, you, you know, who knows? Maybe in years to come, I may have a part-time job in some bakery just because I want to be tangibly feeling that experience and so alive in the presence of others too. You really, I think most of the problems of the world are by that we see today are by children that didn't get enough attention or love or education. I mean, that's all it is. I couldn't agree more. You're and like speaking um, from my, my heart, you know, it's exactly. like, yeah. I mean, and if they difficult ahead. adults, you're at a party or something and someone's just a jackass. And I think to myself, <laughs> having started out as a nursery school teacher, that's why I say this a hundred years ago and a head start uh -huh. program in a difficult neighborhood. Uh -huh. But I look at someone at a party that's just a jackass. And when I get in the car, I say to my husband, they needed more socialization when they were yes. in. They yes. needed to be hugged. They needed yes. to be loved. And they didn't get it. And that's what we get now. <laughs> yes. Totally. And I know that sounds simplistic, but there is a point to me about happy childhoods and in investing in children, which could change our society and the world. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, in this pandemic, I, um, we've been home for nine weeks when we're recording this and, um, I have four teenagers who are in the house. Oh my so I don't, God, Lynn, you, you don't know. look old enough to have four teenagers. <laughs> Thank you. But, um, you know, at first they definitely lamented the loss of connection with their friends and everything, but then they got over that and they adjusted to sleeping until like two or three in the afternoon and being up late at night. But we've had so much fun, you know, like we're, we're, we have a sourdough starter. We're baking all the time. We made bagels from scratch. We, we're, we play board games and we don't have anywhere to rush off to. So we're sitting there in the dining room and all of a sudden it's, you know, 11 at night. We've been playing a game for three hours and I'm cherishing this time so much. And I think to myself, you know, we were so busy before we were, we were packed. We were running here and there, um, all good things, but it was a little crazy. And now we have this this peace of mind. There's other things that we're missing, but I just think that, um, you know, we need, we need to think about that as we go back into the world after this subsides and what really matters and what brings us true happiness, because I think the answers are there, you know, and we, we had them at one point in our lives. They just slipped through our fingers. I, um, I think, and it's, I'm reading this right off some of your notes, that what we've really been talking about is rediscovering our core purpose. Yes. And you know what? When you just described your teenagers and board games and baking and stuff, that's the same thing. Yes. And yep. I don't know, I, I, 
I'm very, I'm very lucky. I'm having one this Saturday, a Zoom cocktail party with girls that I went to sixth grade with. We call oh it. Oh my gosh! You know, fifth. Some of us even in fifth and sixth, and then through high school, we were song leaders together in high school. We, oh. you know, we were best friends. Well, uh -huh. there's five of us, Lennon. We usually get to go away. Do you know what I mean? And we call it the big chill weekend. And oh. we go somewhere for three or four days. Well, we can't this year, so we're having this party with ourselves on Saturday. Uh -huh. One of the things that that teaches me is in the pandemic is that we have more time to get, we have no excuse to not be closer to the people that we love. We just can't touch right. them. But, right. you, but you describing your teenagers who I'm sure at first were rolling their eyes and now they're probably the first one getting the board games out. Absolutely, absolutely. How wonderful I for you. It's really, it's very special. And I, I hate to say, cause we're in a really scary time oh, and we don't tough. know what's gonna happen. Um, and there are many people who've lost their lives, lost loved ones, um, lost jobs, all of the above. But I'm really grateful for the simplicity and the quiet. It's, it's helping me reconnect with my purpose. And it's, I hope I go forward from here in a simpler way and, and shed what really wasn't working. I know. You know, I, I mean, I really hope that we can, we can hold on to that. That's our, our plan for the big chill on Saturday. We have to tell, tell the other girls what we, one of a, we have to tell something that we has, has changed us during this pandemic. Sure. And if we're going to hang on to it for the, you know, and how we can incorporate that. And you know what I think, um, Lynn, I think that these are questions and you already said this. I think we all get so caught up and we're so terribly busy. And I was always guilty of that. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I would say sometimes, I'm in such a hurry. I guess I'm just getting in a hurry to die. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm just getting my, I'm just racing to that grave because <laughs> there was like only one speed. And I, and I, did I really enjoy it all? I don't know. Sometimes it's a big blur when I look back. Right. So, right. I think that your your points are so well done. Now tell us again your website so people we're gonna have it up, but so people sure. can look. So um, makemeaning.org is where you can find the Make Meaning movement. And we have all kinds of um, free Make Meaning hours where we have really great insightful conversations. We have uh, low cost workshops and we'll be doing a mastermind at the end of the year for people who want a longer engagement. Um, they can check out my marketing company at yourppl.com. So it's your people, yourppl.com. And I'm everywhere. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. I would love to connect with anybody and tell me that you listen to me here because I would love to know how you found me. But I think that it's all about connecting and conversation and just slowing down to, to know yourself better. I mean, that's how we plan the next step. That's a great way to say Slowing down to know yourself better. That's a needle point on a pillow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to use it. Thank you so much. And oh, uh, I also think you have a book that you are sending to us that we're going to have a giveaway for. And what's the name of the book, Lynn? It's called The Flavors of Faith, Holy Breads. And it's uh, my most recent book. It is about how bread is something that all religions, communities, faiths have in common. And there are recipes and stories. And so you can not only learn something, but bake something delicious. So. And I have been, I never had time, 40 years in the business, 
when I'd never made a loaf of sourdough bread until this month. Yes. <laughs> I have a starter named Sally. Some days I hate <laughs> Sally. Some days I love Sally. But most of the time, Sally and I have a little friction, but we're working on it. We're, we're working on our issue. <laughs> but I've made a couple. I love it. A beautiful, beautiful, um, you know, uh, loaves of bread. But when you just said that, one of the things I know, Lynn, is this. When I break bread with people, I either find out that I really, really like them, or when I've met people sometimes as an Italian, I'd walk away and I think, I'm never eating with those people. Okay. So I because <laughs> I I can already tell they're not my style. But yeah. I love the name of your book. Thank you. And yes, when we when this broadcast, then your book will be up so that we have drawings so people can get a copy of your book. Great. And we just want to thank you. Thank you for having me. It's really been a pleasure and I look forward to connecting with you more. Absolutely. Okay, darling. If you want to talk to any of us, womenbeyond at icloud.com and all Lynn's information will be up on our site and you know that and on our website, womenbeyondacertainage.com so that you can contact us and get more more information on what we were talking about today. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you, Miss Cindy. Great to meet you. Bye.